0: Welcome to The Exit Strategy, your no Bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction
1: Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from
0: victim to victorious and from bitter to better.
2: Hi everyone. Hi Sarah Jane. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm Elizabeth Stevenson and Sarah and I are here and we're with New Direction Family Law and we're here and ready to podcast yes, today. So we
3: have two amazing guests yep. today. Thank you for joining us. We yeah. have Meredith Pope who is realtor with Inhabit Real Estate and we have Christina Jasper. She is a mortgage lender and the branch manager at Benchmark Mortgage. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for
2: being here. Um, people may wonder why we have a mortgage lender and a banker here.
3: Yes, <laughs> they might draw the lines pretty closely if they ever owned a house and went through a separation.
2: <laughs> but you guys specialize in helping people going through divorce and separation work on what are we going to do with this damn house, who's going to keep it, how are we going to finance it, and that sort of thing. Okay. So tell us a little bit about just the environment that you live in that situation. Is it stressful?
1: Ooh, you want to take <laughs> this?
0: You want me to take this? <laughs> we can both take it. Okay. I'm it's... Go
1: ahead. Okay. So this is Christina. Hi, I'm in mortgages. I am the money person, which sounds very boring, but especially when it comes to divorce, it is not boring. It's very important. It's very important. Mm -hmm. It's very emotional. As a divorced woman myself, I have been in the shoes of the people that I'm working with, and I know all the mistakes that I've made in this process, which is fascinating because I used to be a financial planner before I was in mortgages. So you'd think I wouldn't make a lot of these mistakes because <laughs> I give people advice all the time of what to do and what not to do. Probably did every single thing I told people not to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. When it's you, it's different. So different. <laughs> and i had to keep pulling myself out. Like, Christina, if you were talking to yourself, what would you say? But through those mistakes, I can give really solid, honest advice. And mm-hmm. I'll always say, focus group of one. So you don't have to do what I did. <laughs> but let me tell you how I can help you walk through this process and, and decouple your emotions from your money which is so hard Hard.
2: yeah so hard so So Meredith a lot a lot of more real estate agents don't want to work with people going through
0: divorce (laughs) they don't and I don't understand because I just I find it so rewarding and challenging I formerly was a psychotherapist I went through a divorce and my life changed Mm -hmm. and I have a lot and so many stories around what that looked like for me and how much was dependent on that sale of the house Mm -hmm. for my future, for my kids, for my now ex. Like we wanted that to be seamless and it was not. So indeed, like some people, there's so much going on and so many emotions. And we as realtors already deal with Mm -hmm. the emotions of a typical transaction, which are already a lot. And then you add on that separation or divorcing piece and it's just exponentially more precious. And a lot of times the house is the biggest asset.
2: Or cash yes. asset, you know, they may have some retirement or something, but that's all they really have to divide. So it's so terribly important. And then you've got these kids where they grew up in the house and that's our neighborhood. And yeah, there's a lot of emotion attached with
0: that. There is. And that may be the case where somebody, the thing I hear often, and I think Christina would agree, is that. We hear a lot of folks say, I wanna, one of the spouses will say, I want to stay. I'll do anything to stay. And my heart breaks for them because I understand that. And oftentimes they say, it's because I don't want to uproot the kids. I want some consistency. Mm-hmm. And the conversation I want to have with them is like, where does that come from? And could this be a temporary solution? Can you talk to a lender like Christina? How long can you do this? And do the kids really want to stay? Could there be some negative emotions associated with living in the house or moving forward without those two Mm -hmm. parents in the house? And what is it about the house that they love that we could replicate Mm -hmm. in another house and new beginnings and what you model for your children being resilient and starting over again? So these are the conversations that we get to have that other professionals who work just with the general public don't get to have. It's right. True,
3: I find in the last few years, it, the kids who grew up there yeah, that makes f- someone want to stay there and not change the kids' house. But also, looking at the new the market for rentals and for buying a new property, mm-hmm. it's so much higher, and people don't think they can afford that. So, if we sell the house, I'm gonna have to go rent something that's two thousand dollars a month, where the current mortgage right now is like eight hundred. So, then everyone's fighting over who gets to stay, who gets to stay in that lower, and of course, the person that leaves wants the money from the market. They don't want like a lower number right. for refinance that And how's that fair? That's where Christina probably comes <laughs> in and can I refinance it? Am I going to qualify? How long does that process take? What if I haven't been working for the last five years? I've been taking care of the kids. Is it a possibility to refinance? And
1: also it's not just what do I qualify for? It's what monthly payment can give me the lifestyle I'm going to look for in mm-hmm. divorce? Because I don't know about you y'all or if you've I know Meredith has been through divorce, but in the first year after, you want to travel, you want to have fun, you want new hobbies, you want new friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) that will go out with you and spend money with you Mm -hmm. and new clothes. And a whole reinvention. Can I afford that reinvention? And so when I talk to clients about whether or not they should refinance, whether or not they should buy a new house. We always start with, okay, I hear you. you mm-hmm. you that you want to stay in this house. Unfortunately, right now with the refinance, you're probably leaving a 3% interest rate, mm-hmm. even a 2% interest rate, and refinancing into a 6% high five interest mm-hmm. rate. That is so jarring for people to hear. But also say, well, let's not think about that right now. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about what you think you could afford monthly. And then when they tell me like, oh, f- the first answer is always, I'll afford whatever you tell me <laughs> is going to cost me to stay in this house. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. Okay, so- let's just talk about that. That's, let's just say 2,500 a month. And they will sit there for a second and think about that. I'm like, okay, so let's just talk about your budget. And there's, I can't think of any mortgage lender out there that talks about somebody's budget. And so we can go back into the financial planning mm-hmm. world that I used to be in and say, what can you, what do you want to do this year? What are your goals? Yeah. What are your retirement goals? By the way, did your retirement cut in half? Yeah. And yeah. if so, do we have some equity in this home that might be able to replace some of it so that You can comfortably retire when you want to. And what do you think your job is going to look like? Is that going to change to help you afford this lifestyle? Like, I know you're making this much right now, but are you training in anything to learn something new? So what does your budget look like in the future? And then we start molding what that monthly payment looks like, and then we back into a purchase price. So I'll say, okay, this is what refinance looks like, but this is what maybe a house that's
3: $100,000 less looks like. Yeah, all that is so important to have a conversation with. I tell my clients, Mm -hmm. like, during the settlement phase, and they tell me they want the house, they want the house. I'm like, okay, well, you need to go talk to a mortgage lender first to see if you can refine say that, yeah. Like, we can not make a, a court order or a separation <laughs> agreement based on something that might not be possible for you. So it's so important to have that conversation.
2: And it's also, if you're keeping the house and there's $300,000 worth of equity in there, you're going to have to refinance $150,000 extra.
3: Yeah. yeah I get and I'm all. not sure
2: people really, that doesn't resonate with them, I think until you really have a hard conversation to sit down and tell them, here's this spreadsheet and here's what you're going to have to pay him.
1: Or but they also choose to let go of other assets so that they don't have to pay it out of the house. And if I can help people see what does that mean for your retirement? Right. If you walk away from $150,000 of a 401k versus just keeping equity in a home, let's look at your retirement trajectory doing that. It's massively different and people don't, Think through that consequence.
3: The future? Think about the future? No, no. no. <laughs> just think about now. Ow, that's all I want to talk about now.
2: <laughs> so th- that's the other issue that I'm having right now is okay. Look, we're going to sell the house and we're gonna split the equity, but then they have nowhere to go, ma'am. Ms. <laughs> <It's> Morgan, <laughs> the real estate agent. What do you what's what do you tell people in that situation?
0: Well, after they know how much they can spend, we explore a lot of different things, and it could be a rental. Right. A rental could be a really good year two mm-hmm. solution for somebody to catch their breath, reprioritize, educate themselves on the market, get their ducks in a row, focus on themselves, their children. So renting is, rental prices are going up. Renting mm-hmm. is an option. I have some clients who luckily have family or friends that they can share a house with for a while or mm-hmm. share a space with for a while. And also, this is the best time for those folks actually because the market is cooling off a little bit and there are a bit more opportunities now than there were even a couple of mm-hmm. months ago. So there's a little bit of momentum if I can educate and show show numbers, like it's not gonna be as bad as it was. Mm-hmm. And I got you. But there are plenty of options to explore. Right. Oh good. That's good. Well, you mentioned three percent
3: lower interest a year, not even a year there ago really. Exactly. And everyone's all scared now, but for a long time five percent was pretty good. Right. Yeah. Just we got so used to that nice lower number. Well, we so can do it. Yeah. I have a lot of a couple of clients who are saying I'm OK with the higher
2: interest rate. I'm just going to do it and then I'll refinance again. And cause it's going to come down sooner or later. What would you say? Is that a good option for folks?
1: I think so. There's no guarantees. I and know I with that all the time. It's it, the average interest rate over the past 30 years has been 7%. Okay. So we're really normalizing mm, yeah. is what's happening. So I prepare people for that being the normal. And it's just going to be icing on the cake if we can refinance mm-hmm. lower. And, but let's try to make sure we can afford that 6% just in case it stays there. Right. And But nothing's forever.
4: Hey guys, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you yourself have been through a divorce or you know someone that's contemplating a divorce, then you know how important it is to make sure that you know your legal rights or your friend knows their legal rights and options to help develop the best plan for them and their family moving forward. At New Direction Family Law, we have over 30 years of combined experience protecting the rights of our clients in family law matters. We aggressively advocate, we aggressively support, and we absolutely educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So if you or someone you know are facing these questions or contemplating separation or divorce, give us a call to schedule an initial consultation today. You can reach us at 919-719-3470 or reach out to us via our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. And Meredith, I try to make your life easier through separation agreements and
3: consent orders by saying how decisions might be made if you recommend something and who's going to pay for that. Because that's where a lot of people argue if you're deciding to sell the house is, well, he wants to redo the carpet. I don't want to put that much money into it. And they can't agree. So what do you do in those situations? If there isn't a nice separation agreement prepared by myself that outlines what happens, how do you help people decide whether or not to make those
0: changes and what to list for? I love that you do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. But yes, that isn't normally the case. The way I like to work with that is I think that communication should be separate Because like you said, there are so many opportunities and so many decisions, opportunities to disagree. And for all of your old stuff, the dynamic in the marriage to kick off in real time when you're trying to separate from them. So why not do separate emails with the same content and separate phone calls with the same content? And I serve as that middle person on numbers. 300,000 and 400,000. Well, I'm going to come back and suggest
3: 350.
0: And similarly, through the due diligence process, all of the things, getting the house ready for market, too many opportunities for these folks to have to talk again and disagree again. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that because I want the work at your table to be clean Mm -hmm. and the house not be a part of it. It'd be something a little bit lifted. And I do think that Starting to talk separately to the spouses also empowers them to start to think independently because they have a big decision coming up about what to do about their own housing. Yeah, I just really like to try to separate out the things that they don't need to talk about and just we don't need to make this an issue when it's not.
3: Uh, I can just imagine the email, like lines you get from couples with their on the same email and they just keep going back and forth yeah. and forget you're even there. You're like, I'm
0: still here and I'm seeing that you're bickering and let's stop that and focus on actually getting this done. Exactly. And I think even when I do separate communication, they sometimes copy in their spouse because it's yeah. just uh, habit right. or they say, oh no, it's okay. Everything's we're amicable. Every, it's fine. It may be fine today. But what happens when you meet with your attorney and you don't feel so swell about your spouse? So let's just act like this is a two-party mm-hmm. thing and go forward that way.
2: That's a great I, did. I love that. Yes. I, that's fabulous. So the other question I get a lot, I'm a stay-at-home mom or parent, or he makes $500,000, i am a school teacher. How am I going to afford this refinance? What counts as income for a dependent spouse?
1: That's a great question. So... One thing mistake that I see happen often is getting alimony into a joint account because alimony is income and child support, but when it comes into a joint account, it's not. (laughs) And so we need a solid six months Mm -hmm. of alimony and child support coming into an individual account. And then, of course, your income counts. And one thing that I have to work with a lot of clients, especially ones that have been stay at home for a while, this is something that I had to do. It's, you know, I was almost 40 years old. And my parents, I had to have that great conversation. Hey, mom and dad, you want to co-sign on a mortgage with me? And it's it feels so humbling because you're going through all of the right. crazy, terrible stuff already. And then you have to swallow your pride and your ego and go to your parents. But it is in life transitions. Sometimes these things need to happen right. temporarily until you switch income or improve income. But I always make sure that if you are receiving alimony or child support, make sure you have that full six months right. in your checking account in an individual account. Yeah, does so it, not an account like with
2: your or with. It has me in your name. Your uh, name. What was, and does it have? I've had people or lenders say, oh, I have to have a separation agreement or a court order. Do you need that too?
1: We do. And the main reason we need that is just because we don't need to make sure that the person that we're financing is not going to be paying alimony or child support. Okay. And the only way we can get proof of that is if we have the right. separation agreement proving that out. And also there's some debts that end up on someone's mm-hmm. plate. That's not necessarily on their credit report. And we just have to make sure that we see those as well. That's why that's important.
3: So just like alimony can count towards income, if I'm the payor and I'm paying alimony, is not going to get deducted from my income for uh, qualifying. Yes, it is going to, it's going to be a debt just like right. any other debt. Yeah. And
1: so that's going to affect your ability to qualify. And I've seen really big alimony and child support mm-hmm. payments that I have to tell people, I'm sorry, you have right. to talk to your parents because it's <laughs> just not enough. And I actually have a question for you because uh-huh. I was talking to a client today sure. and she did not have a separation agreement yet. And she said, you know what? We have figured all the financial stuff out. We're completely fine there. We're just arguing over child custody now. And I'm like, as a lender, I don't care about child custody. Oh, I care like about the debts. Is it safe for a client to sign a separation agreement on just certain terms so that they can go ahead and move forward with a mortgage or do you really have to have all of the terms in that separation agreement it I would depends. recommend <laughs> Yeah, it
3: depends, but if they I would recommend that they go ahead and get everything They're that done. separation and property settlement and then can deal with custody either with a parenting agreement which would be mm-hmm. a whole new contract Or get a court order, and it can be a consent order for custody and do a friendly complaint. But uh, a lot of times in mediations, I like to resolve the financial issues and the contract and the separation agreement and then put either custody or custody and child support both in a court order because you can modify those in the future. But
2: some people want a global settlement because you're doing that. This is negotiating. I'm not going to do joint custody if you're not going to do, let me say have the house so sometimes you can't do that but yeah it's if people are okay with that you can separate those things out for sure thank you yeah
0: you're (laughs) you're, you're right
3: elizabeth using it for leverage if one thing's important to you and custody is important to the other that's just that
1: was my biggest concern because she is hot on getting a house right like she wants to be in something so badly she has a two-year-old she wants to nest she wants to settle (coughs) and she's what if i go under contract and like how when do you need that signature on my separation agreement and I just told her, protect yourself. Do not put yourself in a situation that you're under contract, you're under duress to get that separation mm-hmm. agreement signed, right. so you can close. And then all of a sudden, you start agreeing to things you wouldn't typically agree to, or maybe your spouse, ex-spouse, throws out something that was really important to him. Yeah, and because he knows that you need right. this sign, exactly, and, and you're losing all of your power. And yeah, I just want to make sure people aren't losing. She their needs power. to talk to an attorney. Yeah, <laughs>
2: Child support is based on custody. So uh, there's no, yeah. it may be impossible to do that.
1: And I did tell her to talk to her attorney. I think it's really interesting, Meredith. I'm not sure if you see this. Sometimes I feel like clients get so excited outside of talking to their attorney that they get farther down the process <laughs> and they even tell their attorney about and we have to say, hold on.
3: Yes. Are you dirty. Dirty? That does happen. And our people will come into a consultation for the first time after maybe speaking to their lender. Oh, I need the separation agreement done by next week. That's when closing in. I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> <Is> that even going <laughs> to happen? No, like that's not good planning for you. It's, you know, puts us in jeopardy because we're trying to give you legal advice and counsel you and rushing it along might us trying to give you the legal advice right. that you need and you're ignoring it and sometimes our trials are full and mm-hmm. we cannot do a separation agreement in a week so right. so, in just, advance.
2: so what's so tell me the good part so, so we get the house sold or we get it refinanced we'll say they're buying a new house how how does that make you feel when you see this person who we're the same way we see him at the worst part of their life and then we see him on the other side and it's just I think that's why we do what we do because it's just
0: so gratifying to see them make that move and grow. Exactly. And it is starting in such a low place because even when they know, okay, my budget's two thousand a month and so we're looking at this price range of houses, the first several times that these folks go through a home, it's hard. Yeah. Because it doesn't meet their expectations. And it's in real time, this acknowledgement that my life and my space and my home is changing. And those first couple showings don't go well. Mm -hmm. And I like to share my story ahead of time and tell folks that's what I think is going to happen. That's what happened to me. But then as we carry on, that our perspective starts to change. Mm -hmm. We don't base our, whether we like a house on whether it is just like our old house or what we had in our mind of what our next house was going to be but rather, oh, this one has a bonus room when that one we saw two days ago didn't. I like this one. And they start to feel very empowered about what they want and what matters to them. They're doing it making individual decisions Mm -hmm. when they're used Mm -hmm. to making joint and not knowing which end is up and so much other stuff going on behind the scenes. When they walk into that house in the end, every time, and I have goosebumps now thinking about it, it is so wonderful. It's no other journey really. And it is like back to what you asked in the beginning. That's why this is so gratifying working with these people. Yeah.
1: And it's so interesting because I feel like in the very beginning, they probably want (laughs) to strangle the both of us because we're telling them some things that they (laughs) They don't don't necessarily want. And at the end of it, they're hugging us. So it's, that's fun for me is telling people the hard news, which is you if we keep the house is 3000 a month and everything you're telling me tells me your lifestyle you want 2000 a month so you can have some fun outside your house and they hate that news and but i also try to walk them through my space and what happened with me and that was i had a house in a neighborhood a very family neighborhood big house and i thought i wanted to stay in that neighborhood just knew that is the best thing for me i almost bought a house in that neighborhood And I'm a manifester, right? Like I believe in putting it out to the universe. And I are drinking buddies, which is glorious. Just if I say things with enough anger, it gives me things. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. And so I told the universe, there's this little white house in this neighborhood. It's like the perfect little bungalow. I want to buy that house. I love that house. It was not for sale. The next day, a rent sign was outside of that house. Oh my goodness. There's like hundreds of houses in this neighborhood. And that house had a for rent sign. And so I rented it. A year later, first of all, it was half the size of the house that I was moving out of. So it was like camp, right? Like I got to try out this new smaller house lifestyle that I could afford and I loved it. I was not expecting to love it, I loved it. But what I hated was being in that neighborhood after separation because for whatever reason, and I don't know what the psychology is behind this, and since Meredith used to be a psychotherapist, maybe she (laughs) can tell me, but everybody in that neighborhood looked at me like, people who used to wave at me and talk to me outside their houses, suddenly, like, I would, I'd wave and say, hey, you want to come over for a glass of wine? And they're busy all of a sudden. Absolutely. <laughs>
3: and
1: I'm like, what the heck changed? Like, I'm still me. I'm not going to steal yeah. your husband. I got no interest in him. Oh, no. Divorce might
3: be contagious. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, they do. They think it's contagious. Yeah. It
1: is. But, I mean, thank God I was renting. Because mm-hmm. if that house had a for sale sign in front of it, I would have bought it. I'm yeah. taking that. Do you mind if
2: I steal that story for some Clients,
3: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's, so That's really good to think That's about. Very and, I always, yeah. and I always try to tell them too: this is a new opportunity. You get to make those decisions on your own, and it gets to be your money. And start and fresh, and you yes. can paint the walls
1: whatever you color you want. Exactly. Yes, and the
3: kids—they'll be fine if you move them. They they'll be, be fine. They will they, be. Fine. They got
1: excited. Yeah, the opposite happened. Yeah. I was like,
3: "I'm so sorry, guys. I'm moving you into this half-size home," <laughs> and they're like, "What room is mine?" I'm like, "You mean yeah. what quarter-size room is yours?" <laughs> they're like, "Yeah,
1: they, do, they could care. They don't us. care. They look help them
3: decorate it." And make it exciting, and it's fine. And
1: right. the house kind of hugs you, and I like that part. And <laughs> I didn't have to clean so much. Yeah, yeah, that's too. the best part. I yes. agree.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's been some great advice on our podcast today, so I hope everyone listening yeah. took some notes. And of course, we'll list contact information on our website and on the podcast information. So Meredith Christina, thank you so thank much you. for being here today. Great,
2: great information. Thank you. Yes,
3: thank you. Yeah, and if you're going through a divorce and need to sell the house, or some <laughs> shit.
4: <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can visit us at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the exit Strategy underscore podcast or email us at exitstrategy at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. We'll be back next time with more no bullshit content about life, divorce, parenting, relationships, and everything in between.